All right. Y'all ready for the word? Yeah. Well, we're in the last section of our in-depth study of discipleship called Forward in Faith. Um, we've been using the word follow as an, uh, an acrostic for an outline. So, so far we've taught on what it means to follow Christ. Not just to believe in Christ, but to really follow him. That's what a disciple is, a follower. We've taught what it means to obey Christ and the blessings that come through obedience. We've talked about how to reach others for Christ, how, how to worship Christ, how to abide in Christ, how to resist the enemy in the name of Jesus Christ. And now we're moving in, into teaching on how to disciple others for Christ as I preach a message today called the Discipleship Journey. And if you're new here, I, I want you to notice we don't just kind of rush through series I mean, we really want to get in there and, and teach it and, and, and for, a, for a good amount of time and really unpack it and get the word in us. Um, I think we're going on six months on this uh, series and we're almost done, but it's not. I think the longest one we ever had was we preached through the book of Matthew. I think it took us two years to do that. Uh, so we're really serious about getting in the word and teaching the word and learning the word. And I, I pray you're getting this truth in you about what it means to be a, a disciple uh, on this discipleship journey. Because before you begin this journey, uh, you're basically an unbeliever. I know it's popular these days for people to believe that, that everyone is a child of God and everyone is going to heaven, but that's not what the Bible teaches. In John 8, Jesus himself had a conversation with some people who did not believe that he was the Son of God. And here's what Jesus told them in John 8, 42 through 44, if God were your father, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and now I am here. I have not come on my own. He sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you're unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. This is Jesus. This is red letters in your Bible. Jesus is saying everyone is part of one of two families. You're either part of God's family or you're part of Satan's family. I know it's popular to believe that we're all the family of God and everybody, no matter how, what you do or what you believe, is going to end up in heaven. But, but that's not the truth. In fact, in Matthew 13, Jesus talked about good seed and bad seed that have been sown. And in verses 38 and 39, he says, the good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one. And the enemy who sows them is the devil. Now hear me, every human being was created by God, but not everyone is a child of God. God wants you to be a God created family, and he wants you to be a part of his family. How do we become a part of God's family? All it requires to be part of Satan's family is to be born. If you want to be part of God's family, you must be born again. You must change kingdoms. You must change families. You must change fathers. Come out of darkness into the kingdom of light. Listen to 1 Peter 1, 3 through 4. It says, in his boundless mercy, he has given us the privilege of being born again so that now we are members of God's own family. 
Once we were not part of his family. When we're born again, we're part of his family. Now we live in the hope of eternal life. Once we did not have eternal life, now we do because we've been born again. Why? Because Jesus Christ rose again from the dead and God has reserved for his children the priceless gift of eternal life. Are you getting what I'm saying today? A lot of people believe in universalism, universal salvation. Uh, Listen, the invitation to salvation is universal. But there is no universal salvation. There must be a profession of faith in Jesus Christ. Galatians 3.26 says, we are all children of God. How? Through faith in Jesus Christ. The only way to become a a child of God, this is a Bible I've given you multiple verses here already, is through faith in Jesus Christ. Listen to John 1, 12 through 13. I love this. To all who received him, that's received Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. They were not children of God previously. Are you with me? But when they believed in him, and received him. It's believing, not just believing about him, believing and receiving him as your Lord and Savior. He gave you the right to become the children of God, children born not of natural descent nor of human decision, but born of God. Listen, this is, this is Bible, this is truth, this is gospel, but without, without Jesus, we are not in the family of God. In fact, the Bible says we are children of wrath. It says we, it says we are enemies of God. Right. Jesus said, if you're not for me, you're against me. Yeah. But when we place our faith in Jesus, this is the good news. See, this is the good news. Jesus said, I I see all that. I know all that about you. And I love you so much. I want you to be part of my family. So I'm going to come to earth to die in your place so that you can receive me and receive eternal life. And when we do that, God becomes our father. We become his children. Other believers become our brothers and sisters. And the church becomes our spiritual family. After you're born again through faith in Jesus Christ, then you begin this lifelong journey of growing in Christ called discipleship. A lifelong journey of sanctification, being made holy. A lifelong journey of being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And the Bible teaches we are all, all of us at different stages of discipleship. And I'm going to give you an overview of those stages as the Bible teaches them from 1 John 2, 12 through 14. And uh, let me tell you this, we should be moving through these stages. Thank you, sir. I've known some people for 40 years and they've not grown one lick, as my dad used to say. They haven't grown a bit. They haven't changed a bit. They are still the same as I've known them 40 years ago. Haven't changed at all. Haven't grown in the Lord at all. And so I'm going to show you a passage that kind of compares spiritual growth to the stages of of physical growth. It's in 1 John 2. It says, I write to you, little children, because your sins are are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write to you, fathers, because you've known him who's from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you've overcome the wicked one. I write to you, little children, because you've known the Father. I have written to you, fathers, because you've known him who's from the beginning. I've written to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. 
So we, we see here John saying that the Bible, the Word of God is written to, to children, to young adults, to grown adults who, who are spiritual parents. It's not, and he's not actually talking about the physical stages of life here. He's, ta- he's addressing people in the various stages of their Christian walk, where they are on this discipleship journey, where they are in their maturing in Jesus Christ. And now it looks like there's three stages of spiritual growth here in this passage, but it's actually four. Because there's two different words translated as children in this passage. Kind of interesting when I studied this out. Um, the word for child in 1 John 2.12 is technion, which means an infant. An infant. And John used that word to describe all believers that when they first come to faith in Jesus Christ. All believers who are born again into the family of God through faith in Jesus, they are infants in Christ. All they know is they've been forgiven of sin. They don't know much more than that. But 1 John 2.13 gives a different word for child. It's the Greek word pideon, which which refers to a small child. In fact, Strong's Concordance says it it, it means a half-grown child. So we have Christians who are infants. We have Christians who are half-grown. Newborns, who are the most recent converts. Little children who are now able to walk and talk and become uh, able to know God as, a, as their father. Young adults who are in the prime of their spiritual life, they know the word, they're strong in, the, strong in God. They are soldiers who overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb. And then we have the, the mature saints, the mature, mature adults who, who have the most wisdom and experience and knowledge of God. And they become spiritual parents who, who are disciple makers, discipling others in the kingdom of God and the family of God. Those four groups make up the household of faith. They make up the family of God. These are the four stages of growth in the discipleship journey. And, and all these stages, they kind of build on one another. You don't forget what you've learned in an earlier stage uh, as you mature. You add to what you already know. It, it's like math. You don't forget addition and subtraction when you move into multiplication and division. And you don't forget algebra when you move into geometry. And you don't forget trigonometry when you move into calculus. Well, I did, but you shouldn't. <laughs> that was where I came to the end of my uh, journey there in math. But it all builds together. It all works together. You still need to know one plus one equals, equals what? Two. Yeah. <laughs> see, see what happened to me already in math? I'm a word guy, not a math guy. So I had to work at it. But uh, no one begins their Christian life as a full-grown believer. We all begin as newborn children, infants. But we should not stay that way. And spiritual growth, listen, spiritual growth does not automatically happen. Age does not equal maturity. There's many immature elderly people. You're only young once, but you can stay immature forever. Maturity is progressive and, listen, intentional. So I want to look today at these stages of spiritual growth, the stages and phases of this discipleship journey that we must intentionally, it's going to require some intention to grow to and grow through as we get to know God better. So let's look at, at the challenges also that Jesus gives us at every level. He challenges us, Jesus challenges disciples to move from one level to the next. 
And I'm going to challenge you today to discern what level you're at and then to, to challenge you to move on in your faith as you grow in the Lord. Number one, newborns are newly born again. The first step in, this, in, in natural life is being born as a baby. We had a baby born to our family this week. My, my nephew had a, a little uh, baby a couple of days ago. So uh, that's the first step to life, being born. And the first step in the spiritual life is being born again when you are saved. And to be born again, you've got to respond to a challenge from Jesus. Jesus said in John 3, 7, you must be born again. You must be born again. He was talking to Nicodemus. Listen, Nicodemus was a religious man. He was a Pharisee. He was well-versed in the Scriptures. He had known it his whole life. He could quote whole books of the Bible. He knew the Word of God. He was a righteous man. He lived by, by the law. And Jesus told him, you must be born again. And he was like, well, I'm going to enter my mom's womb and be born again. What are you talking about? And Jesus had to explain it to him. But he says the same thing to all of us. And what that means to us is no matter how much knowledge you may have, no matter how holy you may think you are, all of us must be born again. And to be born again, we've got to respond to a challenge that from Jesus in John 1, 39, where he told his disciples when he was calling them, come and see. Come and see. This is how he first invited his disciples into relationship with himself. Hey, just come. Spend some time with me. Come and see. See what's happening. See people getting healed. See people getting set free. Hear the words that, I, that I'm, I'm preaching. That's what he did. He invited them. And we need to be inviting people to Jesus. Sometimes that involves inviting them to church and say, hey, come and see what the Lord is doing. You, you know, a lot of people sometimes are, are too shy to embarrass people, to invite people to church or whatever, but you don't know, even on a service like this today, where the gifts of the Spirit are moving, the Bible says when unbelievers, when those prophetic words happen, and, and, and unbelievers are, uh, hear those words, and they say, it kind of bears their heart, and they're like, whoa, I'm, I'm facing one of those uh, hemmed-in areas. I, I'm in a situation where I don't see a way out. Maybe, maybe this or something to this. Maybe, maybe God can help me. Can God help me? It starts them in this journey of seeking God and of following Christ. But we've got to be the ones who do the inviting to say, hey, come and see. Come and see what the Lord is doing. And when people do come to the Lord, they are newborn believers in Christ. Now think about babies when they're born. They're helpless. They can do nothing for themselves. Nothing. Just lay there and cry. They're hungry. They're thirsty. They make messes. They're selfish. And when something doesn't go their way, they express themselves in some pretty annoying ways. Much like some people we know. But see, they don't stay babies forever. And, and the truth is that some Christians, many Christians fall into this category. Nothing wrong with that if you're just beginning your walk with Jesus. Nothing wrong with that if you've just been born again for a, a long time. A newborn Christian doesn't know much about the Bible. They don't know about correct doctrine. All they know is they were once lost and now they're found and, and they're just beginning this journey. And so what we've got to do is love them and, and give them security and feed them and clean up their messes. We've got to feed them and teach them the milk of the word. 
1 Peter 2, 2 through 3 says, Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it, by the word, you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. See, these newborns, they've just tasted that the Lord is good. Then they need to grow in that. And that only comes through the milk of the word. That's how they grow. You won't grow, you won't grow apart from the word of God. This is the key. By the way, this is the key to growth at every stage. It's the Word of God, and it's going deeper, moving from the milk to the meat, going deeper in the Word of God. If you don't in, get into the Word of God, listen, you will get stuck in your growth. Yes. 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 And the growth process begins as this new believer takes in spiritual milk, the gospel of Jesus Christ, learns the basics of the faith. We're here to help you with this. We have grace journey classes that teach the basic fundamentals of the faith. We have classes to help teach you the things you, you need to know as a newborn Christian, or if you've been a Christian a long time and never learned the basics of the faith, you need to take advantage of that. It's okay to be a spiritual baby when you're first born again. But you must grow up. And to do that, you've got to follow the second challenge to disciples that Jesus gave in John 1, where he said, follow me. First he told his disciples, just come and see what I'm doing. Now he says, follow me. Now listen, that was a big thing. Because the Bible says that immediately they left their nets, they left their business, they left, they, they left everything behind and began to follow Jesus. Now, you don't have to leave your job or do all those things to quit Jesus, to, to, to follow Jesus, but you've got to put him first and follow where he leads. See, the second thing I want you to see is that as infants are born again, newly born again, little children are learning to walk with, with God. They're learning to walk with God and to follow Jesus. They've grown to that place. And so the Christian life starts with a new birth and progresses as we learn to walk and talk with Jesus. And we've got to be willing, listen, to leave spiritual kindergarten. To move on to spiritual elementary school and spiritual high school and spiritual college. We had graduates today. See, they know they're done with that phase. It's not always that clear in the Christian life. And by the way, it's so much easier just to stay in kindergarten. It's easier there. They have snacks. They have a nap time. You know what I mean? It's easy to stay there. But to choose to stay there, spiritually speaking, is to choose to stay immature in the Lord. Children should be growing in wisdom and stature and the knowledge of God. They should be growing every year. They, we should all be growing in knowing the Lord our whole life long. 2 Peter 3.18 tells us, Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. All of us should be growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And spiritual maturity does not just happen automatically. Listen, you cannot outgrow Bible ignorance. You cannot outgrow prayerlessness. You cannot outgrow not being filled with the Spirit. Those things take intentionality. Listen to Paul in 1 Corinthians 13, 11. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. And so many people still have childish understanding, childish speaking, childish uh, uh, thoughts. But when I became a man, listen, I put away childish things. He didn't say, when I became a man, all those things just magically went away. Did he? They got it over here. Did he? 
No. He said, I had to put them away. Put them away. Put them away. Katergeo is a, it's a strong word that, inquired, that requires effort and, and, and work. Childish things got to be recognized at first and refused. I'm not going to live that way anymore. And replaced with mature thinking and replaced with the truth of God's word. And the key again here is getting off the milk of the word and getting into the meat of the word. Well, that's hard to understand. That's hard to understand. That's hard to understand. Well, when you're going to school, it's hard to understand at first. You don't just stop. Hopefully. Man, I got to the third grade. It got kind of hard, so I quit going to school. (laughs) The author of Hebrews rebuked, (laughs) rebuked those who should have been mature by now. Here's what he said in Hebrews 5, 12 through 6, 2. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need somebody to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. He's saying, okay, you want to stay in kindergarten. You want to stay there, it's easier there, and I'm having to teach you your ABCs, 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 every, oh, you're not having 12 years of school experience, you're having one year 12 times. The same year, not growing, not learning, you ought to be growing, by now you ought to be teaching, but you still need milk. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching on righteousness. Solid food is for the mature who by constant use, constant use, have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Train themselves, how? Through constant use. Not periodically, not I pick up my Bible once every month and look at a verse, but through constant use, uh, constantly in the Word. Therefore, let us leave elementary school. The teachings about these elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and faith in God, instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of death, eternal judgment. All these things are basics in the word that you must know. You should know and then build on those. And mature believers are those who are abiding in the word and living righteous lives. The word is abiding in them and they study the word and they live the word. That's how you grow. That's how you become stronger in your faith. That's how you move through these discipleship uh, stages and this discipleship journey. And as we're following the Lord and growing in the Lord, Jesus issues a third challenge to us, found in Matthew 4, 19. First he said, come and see, and then follow me. Now he says, follow me, and he adds something to it. And I will make you fishers of men. First, it's just about following him and learning of him. Now it's like, you know what? What you learn from me, I want you to you take that and reach other people with that. So the young adults, young adults, spiritual young adults are learning to work with God. They learn how in the elementary school to walk with God. Now they're learning to work with God. The Bible says we are co-laborers with Christ. And as people start growing, they, they start to sacrifice 
And they take on roles of leading and serving and giving and, and reaching out to others and helping disciples, new believers, be, becoming mature believers. Listen, in a church society, we should never have to be saying we still need VBS workers. The children's pastor should not be a week or two away from VBS saying, I, I still don't have enough people. But there are so many people who come to church these days who only make it about themselves. And as I tried to teach you last week, if you weren't here in that, in that sermon entitled, uh, Discipleship Demands Doing, you really want to grow, you start giving out. You start serving. You start teaching. You start ministering. Freely you receive, freely give. But when the, you have a whole lot of spiritual inf infants who, who've been saved but haven't grown spiritually, it, it's hard. But the Bible is telling us, Jesus is telling us, it's time to start growing up. And one of the evidences of that is you start giving out. It doesn't become all about you. And those who are maturing in their faith are, are, are seeking a place to work with the Lord. They want to put the word to work. They want to discover their spiritual gifts. They want to find a place of service. They know you only grow through exercising your faith. You'll never grow if you only take in and never give out. If you want to build your faith, start sharing your faith. 1 John 2.14, I've written to you young men because you're strong and the word of God abides in you and you've overcome the wicked one. In order to grow in knowing God, you've got to become strong in the word and you must overcome the enemy. Why? Because he wants to keep you in diapers. Too many Christians that are living on the bottle. And I'm not talking whiskey right now. I'm talking milk. They're living on, uh, you talk about, you know, there's a shortage of a formula out there, a baby formula. You know, that's a tough thing. I can't imagine that. But what we have in the modern church these days is a shortage of, not a shortage of babies, but a shortage of babies who want to actually eat the formula. Who actually want to take in the food and digest it and grow from it. But if you're going to grow You've got to get in the Word. And, and when it comes to overcoming the enemy, one of the main things you have to fight, even at the beginning of your Christian life, all through it, you've got to fight his desire to keep you out of the Word. He will always have something to keep you out of the Word. Being an overcomer means you're not backing down from the devil, but you're staying in the Word and in prayer as you grow in knowing God. And by the way, I want to challenge you to make sure you're not hanging out and just surrounding yourselves with people exactly like you. If you're a spiritual infant, don't just hang around other infants. Find some people with some spiritual maturity and hang out with them. If you have maturity, don't just hang out with mature people. Find some spiritual infants and feed them and pour into them. This is the awesome, wonderful thing about a multi-generational church. We have all these generations who can give to each other and help each other. It requires the whole family of God working together to accomplish the purposes of God in our church. And once we've responded to these challenges to be born again, to be followers of Christ, to be fishers of men, once again, Jesus will issue another challenge. He's always challenging us, challenging us to move forward, to move forward in faith. And we find this in John 15, 16. 16, I chose you and appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. Yeah. I'm speaking here of spiritual fathers, 
spiritual parents, as fathers and mothers, mature adults. And they make disciples who make disciples. And this lasting fruit should go on for generations. That's why Paul said in 2 Timothy 2.2, you've heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other faithful people who will pass them on to others. Spiritual parents are mature believers who have an intimate knowledge of God. And as they develop spiritually, they help others grow from being a learner, a spiritual child, to being a laborer, a spiritual adolescent, to being a leader, a spiritual parent. But the basis of all this is knowing God and spiritual parents gain wisdom by applying their knowledge of God to everyday life. They know him through personal experience. They don't just know about him. In fact, the Weiss translation of 1 John 2.12 says, I'm writing to you fathers because you've come to know experientially the one who's from the beginning. Spiritual growth doesn't happen just by knowing correct doctrine. Just by knowing something intellectually. It comes from knowing God personally. And that means we need spiritual parents, not just teachers. That's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians 4, I am not writing this to shame you, but to warn you, warn you as my dear children, even though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, you do not have many fathers. Notice how in these books, in these letters, Paul is, is, is always going after people's lack of maturity and saying you need to be growing. You've got a lot of teachers. That's a step beyond uh, the, the writer of Hebrews saying, y'all ought to be teaching by now. Nobody wants to teach. He's saying here in Corinth, you got a lot of teachers, not many spiritual parents. But in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you, imitate me. Imitate me how? Become a father and mother in the faith. Become a spiritual parent. So Paul's asking them, why haven't you progressed farther in your faith? Why is there not more fathers and mothers in the faith? Why are there more who know me intimate, know God intimately and are pouring into other people? So I ask you, who are your spiritual children? Who have you led to the Lord? Who are you discipling? See, if you're not doing anybody, if you can't think of anybody, you've still got a ways to go on that journey. And I'm challenging you today to move forward in that journey. And you become a spiritual parent in faith when you understand the Father heart of God and you begin to see other people through His eyes. And, 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 and we become His children when we're born again. We have our sins forgiven. Some people stay there, but we need to grow into spiritual young adults who learn the Word and learn how to do warfare and grow into knowledge of God as spiritual adults. Do you know God? Where are you in your relationship with him? Everything you say and do flows out of that relationship. Spiritually mature people know the father. They understand his love. They know his word. So where are you in the discipleship journey? As I close, I want to ask you, where are you? Think about it in these stages. Maybe you're a new Christian. Maybe all you know is your sins are forgiven. That's awesome. That's awesome. I challenge you to grow in the Lord. Get in the milk of the word. Get in the word. Go to our grace journey classes. Learn about the basics of your faith. If you're a maturing Christian, I encourage you to, to keep growing in the word. I encourage you to do warfare. I encourage you to, to be strong in your faith. If you're a mature Christian, I encourage you 
Begin to help others develop their faith. Become not just a disciple, but a disciple maker. Whatever stage of the Christian life you're in, whatever generation of believer you are, be encouraged that you can grow in the Lord and serve the Lord in every season of life. Listen, you plant seasons in, uh, you plant seeds of faith in the spring. You work hard in the summer when there's no visible fruit. You work even harder in times of harvest. You overcome the cold of winter, but all of us got to go through these stages, go through these seasons as we grow on this discipleship journey in ever increasing measure. We grow from grace to grace, from faith to faith, from glory to glory. I love that. And the Bible says, I'm closing with this, as we begin to do this, as we begin to have spiritual children and disciple them, you know what it does? It increases our joy. Some people think, confuse joy and happiness, and happiness is, the root word of it is the same word as the word happen or happening. Happiness is based on what happens. But there's joy that goes beyond what happens in your life. You can have joy no matter what happens and joy in the Lord no matter what happens. And listen what John said in 3 John 4. I have no greater joy. No greater joy than to hear my spiritual children are living their lives in the truth. That's an awesome thing. Parents have joy when they see their children growing. I, I know that Darius had joy today when they see Gabe standing here and Jean when she sees Elle standing here. They have joy. My child has graduated. They finished this great important part of their life and they're moving on. There's no greater joy than to see your children growing and walking in truth and walking in the faith. We too receive joy when we have spiritual children and they begin to walk in the truth. There's no greater joy. So I want to ask you today, where are you today in this journey? Where are you? And I want to challenge you, whatever the next step may be, take that next step. Don't put it off. Take it now in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to ask our prayer team to be down front. If you've never been born again, if you've not become a child of God through faith, you can do so today by placing your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, confessing him as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you need to take that next step and move on to learning the meat and and the going deeper in the word and you just want somebody to pray with you about that or maybe you have trouble sharing your faith and you want somebody to pray with you about that or maybe you have trouble discipling other people you want somebody to pray with you about that or maybe you need prayer for your marriage or your family or your health or your finances or prayer for another person whatever it is we have these men and women of God who we love so much for their ministry who would love to pray with you as we stand together we're going to sing one more song and then we'll be dismissed God bless you